Hello and welcome to another episode of Grit, Grief Relief, It Takes Time. I'm Mary Werdeman, your host. And yeah, grief relief, it does take time and it takes grit and it takes courage and it takes intention and action too. This podcast is about loss and coping with grief. It's also about the unexpected lessons that grief teaches and the growth, the grace, and even the gifts that grief can offer. I've been feeling my way along this path since losing my son, Brian, and both my mom and dad just a few months later. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a really good chance that your heart has been broken too. If so, it's my deep, deep wish that you'll find comfort, understanding, and hope from listening here. Grief needs to come up and out. It needs connection, and it needs to be honored. You are not alone. You do not have to do this alone. So again, welcome. This is episode number 15, and Tom Zuba is here. Tom Zuba is actually here with me on the podcast. So Tom is an internationally known life coach, author, and speaker who is committed to transforming the way we do grief worldwide. His books, Permission to Mourn, and Becoming Radiant have been my constant companions for the past three years. When I first read Permission to Mourn, it was like having a dear close friend by my side, helping me to find my way through the deepest, darkest pit of despair imaginable. Tom has often said that if just one person accompanies you on this journey, if just one person sits on the bench of grief with you, it somehow makes the seemingly unbearable bearable. And I want to thank you for sitting on the bench with me, Tom. I really do. And I also want to welcome you to the show. So welcome. Thank you, Mary. I'm really, really happy to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to expand our reach together. And I want to share something with you. In 2006, so it was just a year after my son Rory died, my friend David and I were going to meet with a mutual friend, Valerie. We had all met through one of my most powerful teachers, this guy named Gary Zukoff, who wrote a book called The Seed of the Soul. Gary taught me the power and the value of intention. And we were going to meet with Valerie to talk with her about a vision we had for expanding or defining my personal mission in life. So David said, Valerie's going to ask you what your intention is. Valerie's going to want to know what's your intention. He said, what's your intention? I literally sat down and I had a brown lunch bag and these words came out of me transforming the way we do grief worldwide. Now that, those words were a part of my website. They were a part of my mission for years, but I haven't used that phrase in, I don't know, three or four or five years. So I love the fact that you are reintroducing it to me and it really, really resonates with me. And 
that's part of what you're helping me do. So I appreciate it. Oh, no, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I was just going to ask you. I hope it still resonates. Um, so for people listening who may not be very familiar with you, can you just give us a little background and tell, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be doing this work? I will, and I'm going to tell an abbreviated version. And I don't want the abbreviated version to minimize the experiences that I've lived through. For sure. But, but it's important. It's important. I consider myself a student of grief. And one of the things I've learned or I've, I've chosen to learn, I've chosen to believe is that for me, grief isn't the enemy. So many people in 2020, you know, walking the planet believe that grief is the enemy. For me, grief has actually been my greatest, greatest teacher. My initial experience with grief, seated in the death of someone I love, was in 1963. I was six, and my baby brother Daniel Patrick died. He died the day after his baptism. That was my first experience. Honestly, it never occurred to me that one of my children would die. It never occurred to me. But in 1990, on a hot summer day, July 18th, at 5.10 p.m., my firstborn child, my 18-month-old daughter, Erin, died really suddenly from something called hemolytic uremic syndrome. I'd never heard of that before. My wife, Trisha, and I had two sons, Rory and Sean. And when Trish was 43 on New Year's Day, so New Year's Day of all days, 1999, Trish died. And she died really as suddenly and as mysteriously as our daughter did. And Believe it or not, the day of the visitation, Trisha's doctor was one of the last ones in line. And he said, we have the autopsy results. Do you want to know why Trish died? And I said, no. I said, I'm standing in front of her dead body. This is her visitation. No, I don't want to know. And he blurted it out. He said, she died from a hereditary blood disorder. It's called a protein C deficiency. He said, you need to be tested as soon as possible. And so do your two boys. The next day I went to my wife's funeral with that information. What's fascinating is I got a call from our daughter, Erin's doctor, who we loved. And they said, believe it or not, we still have tissue from Aaron's autopsy. Now, Aaron died nine years earlier, and we want to send it to a lab to see if Aaron might have had the protein C deficiency as well. And maybe that would explain her death. She did. She did. So it was the combination of the protein C deficiency and the hemolytic uremic syndrome that resulted in Aaron's death. And I'm so eternally grateful that Trish never knew that while she was physically here. I'm so grateful. 
So I, you know, had a three-year-old and a seven-year-old staring at me. And I remember when I told them on New Year's Day that mommy had died, my son Sean put both of his hands on my cheeks. He was three. He looked at me and he said, well, daddy, you're going to have to be our parent now. So that's what I did. I resisted it for years. I hated it. I hated the fact that I was a single parent. But I did come to what I know a lot of people don't like saying or hearing. I did come to a new normal. And I actually loved being Rory and Sean's daddy. Uh, I was so proud of us. I liked to take each one by the hand and walk into a room. I mean, we were a team. I loved it. I loved it. And two days after my 13-year-old son attended seventh grade in the middle of the night, I was woken by a noise. And I went in his room, and he was either having a seizure or a stroke. I wasn't sure. And about six months later, on February 22nd, he died. So my son Rory died from a glioblastoma, which is a terminal brain cancer. And interestingly, a year ago, just a year ago, my 88-year-old father, Claude, died on April 8th. He died two days after his 88th birthday. And it was the first time in my life I experienced a peaceful death. His death was absolutely beautiful. Mm. I was with him and I cared for him for the last two weeks. So I'm so grateful <laughs> that I have the balance of Aaron, Trish, and Rory's really traumatic and chaotic passings. Now I know a peaceful passing is possible, and that's what I would prefer for me. Absolutely. So that, that gives you an idea of who I am. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's a lot. And uh, I appreciate knowing that. And so then how did you then become, how did you end up doing the work that you're doing now? So when Trish died, her death was so unbelievable to me. It was so explosive. It grabbed my attention. And what I said to myself, you know, and to God, is her death isn't random. I want to be surrounded by people that are wiser than me. And four months later, I was sitting on the Oprah Winfrey show talking to Oprah and this author that I mentioned earlier, Gary Zukoff. So a profound spiritual journey began for me with Trisha's death. And I took the next step, I took the next step, I took the next step. When my son Rory died, his death about did me in. His death almost killed me or almost put me in a place where I was going to kill myself. So I said over and over, if I can claw my way out of this deep, dark pit for the third time, then I'm going to use all of the knowledge and the wisdom and the tools that I have 
to ease the next person's suffering. I have suffered so much in my life. As God is my witness, if I can help one more person suffer even the tiny bit less, then that's what I'm going to dedicate my life to. And I, I'm, it's really, really clear to me why I came to the planet. It's not always easy, and I have resisted it over the years. I have a really wise friend, you know, a, a teacher of mine who talks about the word dharma, you know, and I, and I said, well, what if we don't like our dharma? You know, can we say no to it? Can we reject it? And she said, of course. She said, of course, that you don't have to like it. But if you want to fe feel fulfilled and, you know, that you're doing what you came to the planet to do, I would suggest you say yes to it. So over and over and over again, I, I'm saying yes to doing what I'm doing. And are you, are you glad that you are saying yes at this point, Ben? It is May 28th, 2020. In this moment, I am so, so, so grateful that I'm saying yes. Absolutely. And I'm well aware of the fact that that may change. But right now, yes, absolutely. It's interesting. That's, that's really awesome and, and helped, helped you have over and over and over again. So let's fast forward just a little bit. Um, uh, it, it, as you know, as I've said, that you've been my constant companion. Your words, your books for the last three years have just uh, touched me deeply, have been so important to me on my journey, have, um, again, really, is as if uh, anything that I would have written, could have written to myself, you wrote. And I know that you were writing that book to yourself, I, I believe is what you said in the past. It's like what you wish that the book, you wrote the book that you wish that you had had. And um, it is so powerful in so many ways. But again, fast forward now, and here we are, 2020. And um, I stumbled across your Facebook page a few months ago. And and just before you started doing these Facebook Lives, you've done a Facebook Live every single day now. I can't even believe that. Every single day now, since March 31st. Uh, I guess the first question I have about that is why? Um, and then I'd like to know um, what have you found or what have you learned? But, uh, but why? Why, why? Why did you start the Facebook Lives? I want to go back for a second. Um, I knew when my wife Trish was dying that I was being invited to write a book. Mm. This is interesting. Um, my wife's background, my wife was an English major. Trish was an English major. And her expertise professionally was public relations and public affairs. And we met at work. We worked together at the Cancer Society. And I literally, it was love at first sight. I recognized her. I recognized this woman. Awesome. She scared me. She scared me. <laughs> but while we were kind of courting, I remember... We were working downtown Chicago. We were walking on Wabash Avenue, right, right by Carson Peary Scott. 
And um, I said to her, I said, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book one day. And I want you to be my publicist. Will you be my publicist? And if she said yes, you know, I thought, okay, she kind of does like me. So I always knew I would write a book. I had no idea that the book would be about grief and living with death. So when I was writing the book in 2014, I had already met Gary Zukoff. I was already clear on the power of setting intentions. The intention I set every day when I was writing is this. I said, please allow me to tap into the energy of every single person that will ever read this book from now till the end of time. And I said, let me connect with them and give them the power to draw out of me what they need to hear. Draw out of me what will help them. So when the book was published, I sent it to a couple of my friends. I mean, I had been talking about writing a book for 15, more than 15 years. My friends were like, I had no idea this was gonna be the writing style of your book. And I said, the person that is most surprised about that is me. A couple people said, oh, I didn't know it would be a book of poems. And, oh. I, and I was like, it's not a book of poems. But when I look back on it, my wife loved E.E. E. Cummings. I mean, absolutely loved E.E. E. Cummings. And I don't know if people remember, but an author by the name of James Fry wrote a book called A Million Little Pieces. There's a huge interesting story about James Fry and Oprah. And I loved A Million Little Pieces and I loved its writing, the way he wrote it, the style. So so when I look at my book now, to me, it's a, I very humbly say it's a, it's a, it resembles, it's a combination of E.E. Cummings and James Fry. My book is a, it's a conversation. It's me talking to somebody. So now to answer your question, uh, the pandemic caught my attention the early the pandemic well not 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 that early but by march 31st we had been here in illinois locked down for i don't know maybe fifth i don't know 10 days maybe maybe a little less than 10 days and i thought you know, dang, you know, my gym is closed and I like to go to the gym five or six days a week. What, what are we going to do? And I thought, all right, I'm going to commit to a daily Facebook Live so I can connect with people. And I believe that grief is seeded in so much more than just the death of someone we love. I mean, everybody is grieving every single day particularly with the pandemic. So I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to speak to people every single day. And honestly, I thought that would last about two weeks. (laughs) So April became May, Monday is June 1st. I'm committed to the Facebook lives through June. My intuition is saying, uh, July 1st, I'm going to introduce something else. This is interesting, though. 
I, I said this earlier to you, Mary, offline. The pandemic has been really, really good for me personally, which is so odd to say, and I'm not saying it out of disrespect at all, because I, I today, you know, today is a day in the United States where over 100,000, 100,000 people have died. That's right. staggering. It is. For me, it has been, I, I think of Jesus going into the desert and how rich and important that was. And that's, that's what it has been for me. And one of the things I'm really excited about is um, every Tuesday night, now at 7.30 p.m. Central, I'm going to have an hour-long conversation with somebody I know or I'm interested, and we're going to talk about this thing, you know, a new way to do grief. So, uh, you know, I, my work is continuing to unfold. Right. Well, one, of, one, of, one of my prayers is this, and this is new for me, it's, it's lead me, lead me. Um, um, ring, the universe brought you to me, literally. I, I didn't search for you. The universe brought you to me, and I said yes. You know, so I'm saying, you know, bring the work to me. Bring it to me. Lead me. Let me know where I'm supposed to go. I'm going to try that. That's awesome. And, you know, I, it, it, I think that there is um, a richness that has been happening, that deepening that's been happening. Uh, people are taking time and, well, they have, they're forced to take time, but that, that I think that there's been so much meaning that I think that we'll be sorting through for a long, long time, personally. Um, but what has been happening, like on your Facebook page, has been incredible. And I imagine that at the end of June, this, you'll know, I, I think this is just, it seems like it's taking shape in some ways on its own because you did the Facebook lives. You started uh, March 31st. I think I've seen every one of them. And I had just kind of come to your page around that time. And, and, and I should say right now, before I forget, uh, anyone listening should go to Tom's page. It's Tom Zuba teaches a new way to do grief. Is, Correct. Is yeah. Go to that page and like it um, because there's so much going on on that page and so much information, so many tools and such a, a big circle and people um, coming together and helping each other. It's, um, it's a, it's, I've been in a lot of groups and that's really where I'm going. I'm spending most of my time over on your page because the community is wonderful, but it's a, another great resource. Um, so you've been doing that. Um, and then, and then, so this is the, this is where I'm going because you started the Facebook lives and then your friend, Anna, started reading a chapter each day of the 22 chapters, so 22 days of Permission to Mourn, which was sort of another you know, evolution. So she was doing that and then she's taking a break and she's going to be reading your second book, Becoming Radiant, um, starting June 1st, which I love that title. You said um, in one of your lives that you thought maybe it was a little bit provocative, maybe even. And I just think, you know, we have permission to mourn, which is such a, such a the deep process. And then your second book, Becoming Radiant. When I think of radiant, I think of, of uh, well, I looked up the definition. You know, it's, what is it? It's uh, light rays. And, you know, I think of brilliance and shining light. And, 
and almost sacred. So it's almost as if becoming radiant and as you've taken this sacred thing that you've been doing, you know, or I've been doing, whoever's reading the book is doing, and then it, you bring it forward into this, this other new thing. So I love that. I just, I think that I just had to tell you that because I just love that title. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, the last chapter of my first book, I, I wrote these sentences. You were not born to suffer. You were born to be radiant, not in spite of the fact that someone you love died but because of the fact that someone you love died. And when I looked at those, my head, you know, my head was filled with fear. And my head said, you cannot, you cannot include those sentences in your book. I'll be honest with you. My head said, mothers whose children have died will crucify you. They will crucify you. How dare you suggest that we're supposed to be radiant because our child died? And I sat with it for a couple of days and I kept moving into my heart and my heart said, but it's the truth, but it's the truth, it's the truth. So I included it in my book. And I was writing my second book. I had no idea what the title would be. None, mm -hmm. none, none. And then one day, becoming radiant. And this is how the universe works. The cover of my first book is my painting. That is my painting. And so I recently discovered that. I did not know that until recently. I never read that in the back of the book or wherever it is. And, and while my son Rory was dying, a friend of ours came to my home to be with Rory. And he looked at that painting, which was hanging over the fireplace. And he said, who did that? And I said, I did. And he said, have you had a near-death experience? And I said, no. And he said, well, I have. And that's exactly what I saw. Oh, my gosh. So I was, I was pretty darn sure that that was going to be the that's not true. I came, I came to understand that that was going to be the cover of my first book. So I was trying to think of what the cover of my second book might be. And I have this really good friend, uh, Jessica, who for a couple of years hosted what she called, um, oh Lord, I can't remember, Restoring a Mother's Heart. She hosted a retreat for mothers, restoring a mother's heart. And I was a part of it. And during one of the sessions, we had all the participants paint a picture of we thought heaven was. You know, so, so, so we could visualize for ourselves where our children were. And I painted what became the cover of my second book. So my second book is it, or, or was at the time my understanding of heaven. Wow, I did not know that. So they're both both covers. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's amazing. So back to Anna now. So she's going to be starting June 1st. In the interim, you then extended an invitation 
my favorite word, but you extended an invitation to those of us who have been following your page. If it resonated for us, would we film ourselves, do a little reflection, and then send you the video, which is what a lot of people have done. And that has been another amazing um, piece of it. It's been incredible. And it really kind of speaks to something else that you said, whereas that, you know, uh, we're all teachers and we're all students. So now the students have in some ways become the teachers. And, and it's for, you know, for me listening and watching, it's been just one after the other has just been beautiful and special and unique, um, I guess, because, you know, we're all have our, we all bring our uniqueness to this, but that's been incredible. Um, let, let me share someone, something with you. Sure. So my friend Anna, her husband, Jilson died and I'm going to be interviewing her one-on-one -on -one next Tuesday, June 2nd. No coincidences, Anna and I share the same birthday. We were both born on April 2nd. Um, Anna asked me, she said, would it be okay if I started reading Permission to Mourn? So the universe planted that idea in her heart. She said, yes, and it came to me. I didn't ask her to do that. So I said, yes, 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 of course. So when she finished, I kind of sat with it and I thought, okay, we have this break until June 1st. And then this, I, I noticed this idea floating in my head that said, well, what if you invited, you know, people to read their own chapter? And this is really important that people get this. My head said, don't you dare. That, <laughs> that is so arrogant. Who do you think you are? No, 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 no. I went down to my heart and my heart said, of course, you know, empower these people. Let them be the teacher. You know, let them give their gifts. I wrestled with that. And, I, and all of a sudden I said, okay, I'm going to go with it. I went with it. And the response honestly has been, has been so profound for me personally because Unlike any other time, I literally get to see and feel the circle growing wider and wider and wider. And I'm so grateful. Me too. And as, as someone who frequents the page, it's, it's, a, it's been a gift to all of us. So I'm very appreciative and grateful for that. And I'm glad you listened to your heart and not your head. For Me sure. too. I, I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Well, it's good that you sit with it, and then you 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 came to a wonderful, wonderful conclusion with it, and and took and took the invitation to to extend the invitation, um, which is what you did. And so then I did that, and which I it was a great experience for me. And then I had this little idea that um, because because of so much. And I think I, I've said this to you, I wrote, I think I wrote to you about this, but when I first started this podcast, it was really, I think, because the book gave me the courage and gave me the really lit my fire, I think is what it was. Maybe not even courage so much as it, it was, it was so stirring that I felt even subconsciously that 
if we don't tell them the others won't know, you know, that this needs to be out there. And so I didn't, I didn't talk about your book so much because maybe I was a little timid, but I, it was definitely the impetus for this podcast. I think it was a lot of what, what made me decide to do this podcast. I just felt like it needed to get out there. But anyway, so then I had this little idea that maybe, um, maybe I'll ask Tom Zuba if he might like it. If I read, um, again, my head said, that's pretty, that's arrogant. You're going to ask Tom Zuba, you can read his book on your podcast. But I did. And you said you loved the idea. So I was so thrilled. And then not only did you say you loved the idea, but then you said, I'd be happy to come on your podcast and talk about it, kind of set the stage a little. And so I guess that's why we're here now. And that's what brought us where we are right now. And you know, let's choose this. All the people that will listen to your podcast as you read and reflect on my book, all those people. Let's invite their energies right now to pull out of you exactly what they need, exactly what they need to become radiant. Ah, I love that intention. I'm going to write it down and I am going to keep it very close to my heart because now I'm going to back up because when I read at the end of uh, Permission to Mourn that you were um, born to be radiant, I can't remember the quote, you just said it, but I, I found that so uplifting and encouraging. I mean, it was um, radical. Um, <laughs> I mean, it felt radical, but it felt good. It felt good. And the other part that felt good about that was not, and, um, not in spite of, but because of. And you know what? I think that, that anyone who has suffered deep, deep loss to that core, they, wanna, they don't want to hear in spite of then you know that the only reason why you're still here and somehow is because of. Otherwise, I mean, it's all about that. It's it, for a while or it, always on some level. But yeah, so I just, um, those words were incredible for me to read. So thank you for pulling those words out of me. Wow, oh, they're the amazing, amazing words. Um, okay, so... We've established that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start reading um, your chapters and reflecting, and um, and then we're going to do that. And when that's done, then maybe you'll come back on and we'll reflect a little bit on the experience. Is that what we talked a about? Absolutely, absolutely. And I will share the link to your podcast on my face on both. Well, on my Tom Zuba teaches a new way to degree Facebook page every day. Um, it's another tool and a resource that folks can use. Well, thank you. Yes, that would be wonderful. And anywhere that, you know, we could put this out there, the work and the words, I'm so deeply appreciative and, and grateful for. And let's share this. Folks that listen to the podcast, if it touches your heart and you are willing to share it with your people so that they will know, please do that. Thank you, Tom. Absolutely. Very well said. Um, so um, let's see. Is there anything that I didn't, that we didn't touch on that you would like to talk about? Is there anything that, that I didn't hit on that you wanted to? 
I, I appreciate the fact that you are giving folks another way to connect with this work. Uh, I'm really, really, really grateful that you are saying yes. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, where where we will be, you know, in, in 23 days when we regroup again. Yeah, it's going to, I'm, I'm hoping that we're, that a lot of people will hear what they need to hear and that, that it will touch a lot of people. Um, and it, so they said so they know that they're not alone in this and that they, that someone is indeed sitting on the bench with them. Um, I guess, I know we should wrap up, but I just also want people to know two of my very favorite things that you've talked about on the lives is and that they'll get from listening to the podcast or reading your books or going to your Facebook page and do it, watching your lives. I think two of the, at least one of the things that people struggle with um, so much is your head eventually understands what has happened and you're living every day without the one you love dearly who's died. But every once in a while, it's the, it's just the missing, the missing, the missing. I mean, it's like intellectually you're, you're okay, sort of, but then, bam, the missing. Can you just give people that one, I want to leave people with a, a really lovely tip because that has been really helpful because that's, as time has gone on for me, and I'm sure it's happened to a lot of people, that it's the missing. So could you speak to that for just a second and then I'll, I'll wrap up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I believe that we're eternal beings. So I believe that my loved ones continue to exist and that they are available to me that I can communicate with them. But what I'm going to share now is not dependent upon that belief at all. We have been taught to avoid pain, to avoid sadness. I'm teaching a new way to do grief. Sadness can be a teacher if we say yes to it. Sadness is actually a door that we can enter. So when I'm feeling sad, rather than turn the television on, eat a row of Oreo cookies, you know, have three glasses of wine, take a Xanax, whatever. And not that there's anything wrong with any of those things. There isn't. I believe everyone is doing exactly what they need to survive. But there is another way. So when I'm feeling sad, if I literally sit in a chair and and allow the sadness to come up if I make room for the sadness. I can say to myself, why am I feeling sad? Why am I feeling sad? Oh, it's because Rory died, because Rory's not here. So then I say, what's a memory that I have? I remember Rory's 12th birthday. I remember what the cake looked like. 
I remember who was at the party. I remember how I felt. I remember how he felt. I can picture it. I can literally transport myself to Rory's 12th birthday party. I love that kid. I love that kid. I love that kid. The sadness is a direct result of the fact that I love my son. There is only one way to get rid of the sadness. Stop loving Rory. I'm not willing to do that. I can live with the sadness because I, 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 I want to hold on to the love. And when, when I'm marinating in that love, when I'm reveling in that love, I can move into gratitude. I am so grateful he was born. I am so grateful I had him for 13 and a half years. I am so blessed. I am so lucky. I am so fortunate. So sadness is the door that I can enter to reconnect with the love I have for my son and slip into gratitude. I, I practice yoga. And to me, it's very, very similar. Yoga was not easy at the beginning. It became a practice and I got better and better and better. And now on many days, it's second nature. It's the exact same with this exercise that you just invited me to present to people. We have to practice it at the beginning, but I, I promise you it gets easier and easier and easier. I love that. And it has been really helpful for me too. So I wanted, I wanted you to share that because it's, it's a powerful exercise and, and it's, um, it's really beautiful when it comes right down to it. If you can, when you, when you, when you are able to flip that pain, um, you know, honor it, feel it, but then flip it or move it into gratitude and, and, uh, and, and, and feeling of happiness actually. And try to remind yourself, I'm feeling sad. Hmm. I didn't come to the planet to suffer. <laughs> you know, right. I'm, not, I'm not supposed to suffer. So maybe there's a door here I can enter to get to something other than suffering. Right. So right. So well, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And um, thank you again so much for being here. Um, I want to remind folks that um, you can find Tom at TomZuba.com right? And also on Facebook, at Tom Zuba teaches a new way to do grief. Anywhere let me, else? Let me share one other thing. Sure. If, if our conversation today resonates with you, my two books, Permission to Mourn and Becoming Radiant, are both available on Amazon. If Depending upon where you live in the world, any bookstore in the entire world can order this book for you. Um, amazing resources. The way it's written, it, the words, the words, and the emotion just jump off the page. So, thank, thank you, Mary. Thanks so much, Tom. I uh, appreciate it. Deeply grateful. It's been wonderful. And um, with that, folks, I'm going to leave it here. And I want to thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I want you to please take really good care of yourselves. Treat yourselves with kindness and compassion. And know that love is surrounding you. And um, until next time, be well. Thanks so much.